Welcome into another edition of Locked On Nationals. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. So today we're going to continue on the season breakdown, and today we're going to break down our DH, Nelson Cruz. But before that, I want to talk about some former Nationals making it to the NLCS, and oh my gosh, this was my worst case scenario, and... It's going to suck watching all these former Nats in the NLCS. Let me get into that right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you guys for tuning in to today for another edition of Locked On Nationals. And postseason baseball has just been awesome. It's always awesome, but for this one in particular, has just been amazing. I don't know what it is, but it's just been crazy games after crazy games, and it's so unpredictable. So obviously you know by now that the Phillies move past the Braves three games to one in a five-game series. And I'm stunned by that. Just look at it from the top. Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, two former great Nats. Moving on to the NLCS. Obviously, Schwarber's already gotten it done with the 2016 Cubs. He's got his ring. But Bryce Harper has just advanced past the NLDS for the first time in his career. Am I happy for him? No, I'm not. You might be. But I still have a little... mm, I still hold a little, uh, how do I even put this? I'm just not the biggest Bryce Harper fan. He's kind of one of those players that you love to love when he's on your team, but you love to hate him when he's on an opposing team, especially when he's on the Philadelphia Phillies. That's an easy one for me. But that's just me. I'm not going to tell you what you need to root for. And then Kyle Schwarber, he was here for 80 games. Love Schwab. He had an awesome run. I mean, people forget we were two and a half games at the NL East in June last year with Kyle Schwarber, and he was leading the way, obviously, alongside Juan Soto and Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, all those guys were still around. But, man, was that tough to see. Now we have to see Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber in the Phillies going against Juan Soto and Josh Bell and the Padres. And the winner of that series will move on to the World Series. And wow, just I can't say enough. This this 2022 season just needs to wrap up. Nats fans, this is not our year. It's not our year. I, I'm not going to lie. I gave the Padres zero chance going into the NLDS against the Dodgers. I thought everyone was sleeping on the Dodgers this year. They had one of the best records of all time. They had one of the best lineups that I've ever seen in general. And they're just dominant. It, they're the easy pick. They're the lazy pick, the low-hanging fruit that you just see. And you're like, yeah, that team's going to win it all. That's a pretty easy prediction that I made, right? No. The Padres, the San Diego Padres, moved on and didn't even take five games. If it got to a fifth game, I'm convinced the Dodgers would have found a way to win. But it took them four games. And they just, they knocked them, man. Five runs in the seventh inning. Five runs. You pull out Ty Anderson, your starter, who gave up two hits 
You pulled him. What are you doing? What are we doing? People get too cute in the postseason. Simple it up. Stay with the hot hand. I don't understand that. Yeah, he's gonna bat up. He's about to come up with the third time through the order, but you go to your bullpen and they get rocked, absolutely rocked, and that's just frustrating. Because at first I wanted to see Juan Soto and the Padres advance, because truthfully I, I just didn't think they had a chance to begin with. So I was rooting for them. I was rooting for Juan. I was rooting for Josh Bell, and particularly Josh Bell. Josh Bell, this is his first postseason run. And he he certainly deserves a championship. He really does. Great guy. And he's a great player. You love to see it. But, man, now he's going against Bryce Harper and the Phillies? Come on. Like, come on. Can't we just have one thing? So now we have to go see one of those two guys go to the, go to the World Series and potentially win a ring. And for Juan Soto, he could win his second ring. And you know what's better than the first ring? Your second ring. And you know who could be left in the dust? The Nationals. I wanted that ring to be us. I wanted us to have that thing that he loved so much. That he can remember for the rest of his life and be like, hey, well, guess what? I didn't get to win a World Series in San Diego, but at least I got to win one in Washington, right? No. Now he's got that chance to go win one in San Diego. And my heart is twisted. I hate it. I hate it so much. But it's fine. Everything's fine. Just fine. Then Bryce Harper, I I still don't think this Phillies team has a chance. I've been saying it all postseason long. I need to stop saying it, that I'm just not a believer in this Phillies team. I don't think they have what it takes. But right now I'm looking at it. They have team chemistry out the yin-yang, and it really reminds me of the 2019 Nats team where they're just hot right now. They seem to have found this chemistry and really find the equation to win the game and just take it one day at a time. And their bats are hot. Reese Hoskins is on fire. The pitching has been great. And they're looking like a tough out right now. And they're looking like a snowball that's going downhill. That's just a tough watch for Nationals fans. It really is. It really is. And I can't get over that. And you know what? If Bryce wins one, good for him. Fine. he's a great player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer someday. He deserves a ring. He does. And I'd be happy for him. Because we already got our ring. But then again, am I rooting for that to happen? No. No, 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 no. Not a single bit. Not one bit. Am I rooting against Juan Soto and Josh Bell of getting a ring in San Diego? Hmm. I really want Josh Bell to get a ring, but ooh, Juan Soto. I kind of want that one thing to be our thing that we shared. I don't really want the Padres and their fans to get what we had. Also, the thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was from when he he was this from Kevin Acey's article from The Athletic, who covers the San Diego Padres. And Juan Soto said, I've been in loud places, but this one was a little bit louder talking about game four in San Diego. Mm. Mm. That one kind of hurt. It kind of hurt. Did you forget about the 2019 wild card game? When that place exploded? When you hit that ball off Josh Hader in the eighth inning, who's now your teammate in San Diego? 
bases clearing double to take the lead in bottom of the eighth inning to advance in the postseason to take on the Dodgers, the big, tall, mighty Dodgers. Do you remember that one? I do. I remember it very well. It was a great time. It's something that I'll remember forever. San Diego is an awesome place. Is it an awesome sports town? Still up for debate. They were loud last night, but still. I look at that 2019 wildcard game, and I don't really see anything that tops that. Maybe that's just me and my bias. I don't know. But that kind of, ugh, that irks me. And that's what makes me like, yeah, I kind of want that one thing, that ring that he wears on his finger. I want that to be with us and us only. That's me being petty, Tom Petty. I get it. And I know you might not feel the same. You might be rooting for San Diego all the way. I will certainly say this. I'm rooting for San Diego over Philly. I'll never root for Philly. And like when the last series, when they were playing the Braves, people were asking me, they're like, who are you rooting for? The Phillies or the Braves? I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm not rooting for anyone. Like, what do you mean? You're a baseball fan. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not rooting for any either of these teams. I don't want to see Juan Soto win one, and I don't want to see the defending champs win one. It is what it is. That's just me. I I don't. I I want to. Sh- I don't want to share. I don't like sharing my food. I don't like sharing my rings. I want to have it between you and I, you, me, and Juan Soto. We had that moment. I don't want that moment in San Diego. You're going to come back 30 years down the line for a reunion with that 2019 team, and that's going to be the only ring I want to see on your finger. That's just how it is for me. I'm petty, and I know it's stupid. It's immature. I get it. I get it. Simple as that. All right. Enough between the NL East postseason talk and some former Nationals. But before I get into Nelson Cruz postseason, or not postseason breakdown, his regular season breakdown, I want to show you guys, I want to tell you guys about my friends over at Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. I go into work in the DC a lot. I've made that known on this podcast. And when I do that, I just have to check the app on my phone and I get to see who's at the door. Is the mailman dropping off the time? Is the UPS driver? there in time and I get to safely secure my package when it's in my home and you should do the same. With 24/7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency even if you're not home or can't be reached. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm what the break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect save system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And so let's get into Nelson Cruz 2022 breakdown. And let's be honest. We signed the Boomstick 23 
to a two-year deal with a mutual option heading into 2023. $15 million for 2022 season. And we all know this by now. Nelson Cruz showed more gloom than boom. There is more of a gloom stick than a boom stick. And it just, that's what it is. At the top, you look at it. He had one of his worst years in his career, numbers-wise. And did he have value for this ball club? Not too much. Just truthfully, not too much. And, and the whole thing about that is this was like our marquee signing in the offseason. This is a guy who we were like, you know, maybe this Nationals team won't be that bad when we signed Nelson Cruz. He was an all-star last year in 2021. He had a good year in 2021. Yeah, he was 41 years old when we signed him, or f- really 40. And going into last year, he was 40 turning 41. But last year, he was an all-star. He had a 265 batting average with an 832 OPS, and he knocked in 32 home runs as a 41-year-old. Those aren't bad numbers at all. And when you look at it, it you truly just think like, hey, like, This is someone who still has it. He finished sixth in the MVP voting in 2020 with the Minnesota Twins. He's he's been great. He finished top 10 in 2019 as well for MVP voting. Top 10 as well in 2017. This is someone who still has it, who's still been a guy in the majors to be able to hit the ball over the fence consistently and do damage. He's going to get power. He's going to get doubles. He's going to knock runners in he's going to produce runs this is someone who's done it for as long as anyone right now in the MLB and so when we signed him we expected that same thing of Josh Bell Juan Soto and a Nelson Cruz and then Kibar Ruiz somewhere behind them as well that's something we came into this season looking forward to we're like yeah like we may not be great this year but look at those three right there in the middle, there's three, one of the toughest outs in the game. Josh Bell, who had an amazing year. Juan Soto's Juan Soto. And Nelson Cruz. It's easy to look at that and be like, yeah, we have a chance this year. We truly do. And who knows if Lane Thomas works out or uh, name that prospect that we call up works out. Steven Strasburg's healthy. There was some optimism when we signed Nelson Cruz. And it just blew up in our face completely. Now, with that being said, he is having a surgery to clear some blockage in his eye that he said was affecting his vision at the plate in particular. And he said that's been bothering him for about the last year and a half, which could make sense. It could. Last year when he got traded to the Rays, he really fell off. And he only batted 225 with them for a 725 OPS compared to his 907 OPS in Minnesota. And then in this year, in 2022, he batted 234 with a 651 OPS and a 337 slugging percentage, which is no bueno for what we signed him for. We needed a one of the best Nelson Cruz's out there. We needed the better version of him to really take this ball club to the next championship level that we thought we nah, not championship level but we needed him to elevate the roster in a sense that's why we signed him for that's what we got him here for it was his career low 
in slugging percentage as 337. He hasn't had something that low since 2007, which was his third year in the MLB with the Texas Rangers. That's how long it's had since that guy has had this bad of a down year. It's kind of shocking. It truly is. And I, because everyone was high on Nelson Cruz. This is someone who's been one of the game's best hitters in the last 10 years. Hits as many home runs as anyone. Gets on base. Creates damage. Causes hassle out there. And and seeing that not pan out just really was kind of the wrench into our season. It really just threw things off. Because we had to count on Nelson Cruz in order to take this step in 2022. And he just never showed up. Now, is that his eye? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm no doctor. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what it is and isn't. But what can I take? What I can tell you is that his numbers were down. And if you look at, we paid him 15 million dollars, which is amongst the highest that we've paid anyone over the last few years. And he's one of the highest paid DHs in the league. And heading into this year, Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez in the front office. They knew that this wasn't going to be putting their best foot forward going into the season with this team, putting with everyone around Juan Soto and Josh Bell. This wasn't going to be a championship team and most likely wasn't going to be a postseason team. And I'd be stunned if they truly thought that this could lead to that. And when you have that and you sign a 41-year-old, to a two-year deal, and we really overpaid Nelson Cruz. We did. We overpaid him to get him to come here because he could have gone somewhere else for less money to win a championship, but he got his money as he should have. He's, he's His career's winding down. He got the money, came to Washington, partnered with Juan Soto, Victor Robles, Josh Bell, partnered with these guys. Wanted to be a leader, and he was that at least in the locker room, from all that I could tell. He's a great locker room presence, someone who's been around the game. He's played in big-time moments, been to the World Series. So he was helping the young guys, I'm sure, in the locker room and kind of their everyday locker room activities that they have to do before the game, get ready. How does he prepare? How does he prepare for this guy? How does he switch his approach? Blada, yada, yada, yada. All that. But the approach for this, to sign a 41-year-old to really a one-year deal with the mutual option that have actually been reported by Talk Nats that it is not supposed to be uh, picked up going into this second year. So Nelson Cruz will likely get that $3 million buyout from the Nationals and he will hit free agency. And I think we all saw that coming. That's no surprise to anyone. But when you look at it from afar, that why did the Nationals spend this money on someone who's 41 years old and doesn't really have a lot of game left in him? That's what I really want to get into here because there was guys to sign. Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson was a free agent last year who signed a one-year $6 million deal. Did Jock Peterson have a good year? Yeah, he did. 
someone who's young, someone who could mean something for this future. That's what the market that we have to be in moving forward and not really this Josh Bell market. Or not Josh Bell, Nelson Cruz market. He's 30 years old. He signed a one-year, $6 million deal this year with the San Francisco Giants. And he had an amazing year. He he had a prove-it deal. And that's what the Nationals have to do moving forward, getting guys who just finished their rookie deal up or maybe coming off a down year going into their contract year. And you sign them to a one-year prove-it deal. That's the market that the Nationals have to be in. Obviously, put the players around to – to make this team watchable. But this is where we have to take chances are. We took chances, I guess, on Cesar Hernandez. But, I mean, that wasn't going anywhere. We knew last year was kind of a little bit of a fluky year to where he batted really well, hit a lot of home runs for, for Cesar. But Jock Peterson, someone who we've seen do it before. He's a flashy player. Cheap six million dollars for one year's compared to fifteen million dollars for Jock or for Nelson Cruz. You could have had Jock Peterson be one of your corner outfielders, and then also have him DH. But we signed forty-one-year-old Nelson Cruz, and that approach is a problem in my mind because you have to get younger, you have to build for the future, and Nelson Cruz is not the future. We just know that he's forty-one. Retirement's coming sooner. It's every day. He's a day closer to retirement, just like everyone else, but he's 41. And I just, looking back on it to last offseason, it's just kind of gut-wrenching to see that we passed on this because Jock Peterson is a good hitter who has power and who can hit the ball out of the yard. And if you believe in your development staff and what they can do for this organization – then I think bringing in someone like Jock Peterson would have been an amazing decision. Young, he has talent, he's been in big-time moments, he's won a World Series, he's been to the World Series multiple times, and he's come up clutch for them. And for other teams last year, like the Braves, where he really caught fire, batted 250 with a 752 OPS down to help lead them to a 2021 title. And that's just so frustrating because that is someone who could have easily helped this team moving forward. And then we could have even had a head start to possibly extend him after breaking out this season. But we opted into signing one of these older guys to where, yeah, Nelson Cruz was a better hitter going into this year. If you would have asked me who's going to have a better year, Jock Peterson or Nelson Cruz, I would have said Nelson Cruz. But what's better for the organization and what we're planning to do down the road? Going into this year, this wasn't a win-now situation. This was a build for the future. Or as Rizzo has said time and time again, it was a retool rather than a rebuild. And I look at Jock Peterson and not signing someone like him or maybe Daniel Vogelback, Danny Bleepin' Bugs, that guy. Not signing one of those guys is really kind of screams more of a rebuild than a retool because you're just trying to flip them at the deadline for something, which we ultimately failed to do. Rizzo could say what he wants at the podium about 
we wanted to keep Nelson Cruz, which I'm sure they did. Nelson Cruz is a perfectly fine person to have in that locker room to help build camaraderie with the guys and kind of teach the younger guys the way about the MLB from a day out, day in, day out perspective. Someone who's done it for over a decade now, been in the league forever, seen all different situations from the worst teams to the best teams. And that part is just frustrating that in hindsight, we could have had Jock Peterson or even Daniel Vogel back, two of those guys that would have helped us for the future. And we'd have had a head start on and could have potentially even extended them. But no, we opted in for Nelson Cruz and we didn't trade him at the deadline for anything. And the most that's the most frustrating part is that, you know, I really going into after the season ended, I kind of sat down and thought about everything about how the year went and what I really want to get into with this podcast. And Nelson Cruz was one of those to where it was like, okay, well, we didn't trade him now. Guess we're just going to opt into his contract for next year, which was $16 million, which, I mean, we're not going to be spending money this offseason. We're not going to be spending that much money, really. I thought we had opted into that and just give him a second year and hope this eye surgery helped his vision and that he comes back and he kind of blows up and we could trade him at the deadline for something this time around. Maybe something more valuable than what we'd have gotten at this deadline. But no, they opted not to do that, and they're buying out his deal, and he will most likely hit free agency at this point. And it's just, it's a head-scratching decision from a baseball standpoint because we saw at the 2021 deadline, we traded anyone and everyone with a curly W hat. You had one, you are traded. And we get to this year with Nelson Cruz. Like we saw John Lester traded for Lane Thomas, your 2022 MVP, Lane Thomas. John Lester had like a five ERA. He was awful. Flicked off Nats fans after he got traded. He was terrible. We got a, a good piece to the future here. Lane Thomas. At the least, he's a great fourth outfielder. A good one. So I look at that, and that's just a missed opportunity for me because everyone needs a bat. Everyone does. The Mets needed a bat, and they eventually traded for Daniel Vogelback, a name that I mentioned earlier that we could have signed in 2021. But people were looking for bats, and I just don't buy that they wanted him for the future. I just don't think that they were thinking in hindsight that if they were to pick up his option, that they could trade them in 2022. And ultimately they just didn't do that. And now they're just kind of eating the money, which is, I mean, I fine. Like you were the worst team in baseball this year. Nelson trading Nelson Cruz wasn't going to help you this year. And if we're going to be honest, he wasn't going to get you much back anyways, but that to wrap this thing up, my whole point is what are you doing? Are you in a retool or are you in a rebuild? Because if you're really in a retool, then I think signing someone like Jock Peterson or Daniel Vogelback would have aligned with your sentiment that you've been telling the fans and everyone else for over the last year, that we are in a retool, not a rebuild. And signing Nelson Cruz to what we did screamed a rebuild and not a retool because of what you wanted to get back at the deadline 
and that ultimately blew up in their faces, and they didn't get that. They didn't. All right, guys. That was my little Nelson Cruz rant, and I don't hate Nelson Cruz. I love him. Love the guy. Absolute legend. Also, another little Nats news. Robert Hassel III, who's uh, down in the Arizona Fall League, he is actually out for the rest of the AFL from breaking a homate bone in his right hand. And so he will be out probably six to eight weeks. There's no real issue moving forward. He's 21 years old. He should recover perfectly fine. And they say he'll be ready to go for spring training coming in 2023. So not a big deal, but sucks to see. You wanted to see him get his reps in and build some camaraderie with some guys down there, get the coaching and just playing baseball. But it's fine, you know, six weeks off in the offseason. It's not during the season when we really need you. But nonetheless, not great. Not what you want to see. So that's a little news and notes on the Nats. And I'm wrapping up my Nelson Cruz conversation. But before that, thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, everybody, I will see you tomorrow morning. Keep enjoying postseason baseball. We'll have more of that coverage for you, as well as Locked On MLB, and I'll have my own opinions as well, as my bracket is officially completely blown up and just throw it away. Nothing else matters anymore. All right, guys, I'll see you on the flip side. Have a good day.